What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. We're looking at how faith response, right? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, for it is by grace, I'm reading out of the Amplified, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing us to Christ. I don't know about you, but it was God's goodness that drew me to him. Man, I said, God is so good. I want to give my life to him. And he's proven to continue to be good throughout my entire saved life. It says that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, right? So if we didn't get saved through our own effort, then how many know you're, you don't have to get healed through your own effort? You don't need to get your needs met through your own effort. You just got to believe that he's provided these things for you. So he says here, not by our own effort, but it is the undeserved gracious gift of God. Not that we don't deserve it, we just didn't do anything to earn it, right? He wouldn't have did it if we didn't deserve it. Verse 9, not as a result of your works, reiterates, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation, for his healing, for his pavilion. How I many know anything good happens to us, we should never boast about it. And we certainly shouldn't try to take the credit for it. Give all the credit to God. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works, works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set. If you ever want to find out the path that he set for your life, you must find it in the Word of God. You cannot let your grandparents I mean, your parents, you can't, all of these traditions and stuff that, that our families pass down to us. If you want to find the path of life, it is in the Word of God for your marriage, for your finances, any aspect of your life. And notice, once you find that path, look at what he goes on to say here. So that you would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. There is a good life that God prearranged for all of his children. But you've got to take the right path in order to walk in that. Now, in faith response, number one, we talked about faith response by not trying to do what God has already done. Subpoints under that letter A, are you trying to be justified by work? Last week, we talked about letter B, have you been crucified with Christ? And today, we're going to pick up with letter C, are you frustrating the grace of God? I know I've done that many times over my saved life, and we're going to talk about what that looks like and what that means today. Praise God. Hey, everybody. It's good to see the people it's in the building. It's good to see you. Hey, online folks. It's good to see you. Please send me a wave. Tell me hi. <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing your faces, but I'm excited. I feel like it's a full house up in there. Hey, family. What's up, y'all? <laughs> All right. You ready to have some fun? Because this can get heavy. And it is not my intention that it gets heavy, but, you know, 
uh, because a lot of times we just end up judging ourselves unnecessarily. But this is to edify you and to pinpoint your place of correction and, hey, take it from there. Amen? Amen. Because let me tell you something. I think among all of us that are here and across the nation, I tend to believe that I am number one in violating this. I am one of those people that have frustrated the grace of God because I think that I know more than I really know. Amen? Let me share this story with you. I, I saw this and I thought it was hilarious. This is a story about a couple who's been married happily for many, many years. The only friction in their marriage was that the husband had a habit of farting loudly every morning when he awoke. That sounds like Johnny Walker right there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I did not farted. I'm sorry. The noise would wake his wife up, and the smell would make her eyes water and make her gasp for air. It definitely sounds and, like that. Listen to me. <laughs> Every morning, she would plead with him to stop ripping them off because it was making her sick. He told her that he couldn't stop and that it was perfectly natural. She told him to see a doctor. She was concerned that one day he would blow his guts out. <laughs> and she repeated this throughout the years. So the years went by, and he continued to rip them out. Then one Thanksgiving morning, since we are now in Thanksgiving season, she was preparing the turkey for dinner. He was upstairs, sound asleep. She looked at the bowl where she had put the turkey innards, the neck, the gizzard, the liver, and all the spare parts of the turkey and had a malicious thought. She took the bowl, went upstairs where her husband was sound asleep, and she gently pulled back the bed covers. She pulled back the elastic waistband of his underpants and emptied the bowl of turkey guts into his shorts. Sometime later, she heard her husband awaken with this unusual trumpeting, which was followed by a blood-curling scream and the sound of frantic footsteps as he ran into the bathroom. The wife could hardly control herself as she rolled on the floor laughing, tears in her eyes. After years of torture, she reckoned that she had finally gotten him back pretty good. About 20 minutes later, her husband came downstairs in his blood-stained underpants and the look of horror was on his face. She bit her lip as she asked him what was the matter. He said, honey, you were right. After all these years, you've warned me, and I didn't listen to you. She said, what do you mean, honey? He says, well, you always told me that one day I would end up farting my guts out, and today it finally happened. But by the grace of God and some Vaseline and these two fingers, I got most of them back inside. What is the point? You have ruined all of our appetites for the day. What is the point? If you pay attention, you don't have to do what God has already done. Amen? He didn't pay attention that it was a joke. And he ended up putting Vaseline in two fingers. Amen? Stuffing it all back up in there. Got it all back up in there. Amen. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. <laughs> Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. I know some of you are like, ugh. It says here, Paul is talking. We talked about this here scripture, but Paul is talking. He says, he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. I love the way the Passion Translation puts it. It says, so that, why, so that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. 
For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, the anointed one would have died for nothing. Now let's talk about this a little bit. What does it mean to frustrate the grace of God? That word frustrate in the, uh, in the King James is the Greek word athetio. And it comes from a compound word that says this, to set aside. In other words, to declare void, to disannul, to cast off, to despise, to bring to naught, to outright reject, neutralize, or violate. So it says there that Paul is declaring that I will not violate, reject, disannul, disregard, set aside the favor of God in my life by keeping a bunch of rules. It's good. Because when I keep a bunch of rules, and when I think I have to work to get him to do something, then I, have, I realize that I have rejected the favor that's on his life, which is in essence a rejection of the salvation package that he's made available to me. Mm-hmm. Now, the phrase the grace of God here refers to the favor of God manifested in the plan of salvation by the gospel. In other words, it's simply, it's a, it's simply another name for the gospel, the good news. Grace in your life is good news. Unmerited favor in your life is good news. Right. The good things that you experience in your life, it came from one source, and that is the goodness of God. Right. It is good news. And you cannot earn it. You cannot fast enough for it. You cannot pray enough for it. There is not... There's not enough holy oil in all of Israel to get you to get it. There's not enough water in the River Jordan to make you have it. There is enough, check this, there's not enough tithes and offerings that you can pay to make it manifest in your life. The grace of God is a gift. It is the good news and it's part of the salvation package. It's not a subsequent experience. In fact, it's the grace of God that's been in your life that won you to his salvation. Right, that's right. And all the salvation plan did was up your, uh, the availability, the, uh, your availability to it. The efforts to add to what Jesus did frustrates the grace of God, and we cannot make ourselves right with God or replace Jesus. If we think that we can work to get God to move, how many of you ever been there that something bad happened and you thought it was because of something that you... Now, there is consequence of, the, of behavior. I don't want to disregard that. Sometimes bad stuff happens to us because we made bad choices. But how many of you were just out there just one day just driving 55 in a 55 zone and then all of a sudden something crazy happens, a tire blows or something like that, and you think it's because this was me. I had an accident and I thought it was because I didn't tie. Jesus, I didn't tell I'm so sorry. That's why I got this accident. It was a long, long, long time ago. And um, I had just skipped my tithe that one time. How many of you know that's replacing what Jesus did in my life? It's nothing that I did. It was just the enemy trying to thwart God's plan in my life. Amen? Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to see that. Sometime when life happens, there's a target on your back. And there's an archer called the enemy, Satan, Lucifer. And he has plenty of arrows. And he hones those arrows into what's familiar to who you are because he studies you. He studies you. And he knows how much of your faith is responding to God or how much of your faith is in response to what you do. And he'll use those things to, to pick you off little bit by little bit. Mm -hmm. Now let's turn to Mark chapter 7. 
Well, before we go there, I want to uh, pause here. We can go to Mark chapter 7, but Psalms chapter 12, 112, stanza 1 in the Passion. I love what it says. He says, shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all slow. I hope y'all online did something. <laughs> They're a little slow in here. We, we still rec recovering from that extra hour of sleep. Amen. It says, shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. He says, everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. There was a time in my life that I thought the more word I knew, the more I'd be able to manifest God's uh, promises in my life. And it was not predicated on how much word I knew. It was predicated on how much of his word that I knew that I actually believed. It's a difference. I can tell you, I have heard people recite entire books of the Bible. And I was so impressed with it. I felt, here I am preaching, a preacher of the gospel, and this little person comes up and can quote scripture like nobody's business. And I felt convicted, like, oh, wow. But yet, not to judge that person, but I also didn't see a manifestation of all that that person was quoting. Because they were preached to me, and oh, yeah. But then we have to be rooted in what we believe about that against our own base of knowledge. That's right. <clears throat> against our own base of knowledge. We say we love you. I love you, Lord. I love you. But Jesus said to love me is to obey my commandments. Well, what does obey my commandments? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 7, verse 5 through 9. I'll read from the New King James. It says here, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Jesus answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy you of, hip of you hypocrites. Jesus had no problem calling it, keeping it 100. Amen? Amen. As it is written, his people, this people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He's saying they teach their doctrines, their, commandment, their, their commandments, their own made-up rules and regulations as if they were doctrine. And in vain they worship me. Oh, teaching doctrines of the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. And he said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. Now mind you, what he says in verse 8, for laying aside, that word laying aside is synonymous with frustrating the grace of God. That verse, verse, uh, verse eight, uh, 9 where he says, well, you too well reject the commandment of God. That word reject is synonymous with frustrating the grace of God. So he's saying that when you lay aside God and all of his grace and all he's done, he's not looking at your rule keeping. He's not looking at wh whether you got up at 5 o'clock in the morning to spend the whole hour. Pray. He ain't even looking if you really spent the whole hour. Honestly, God just wants to spend the whole day with you. That our power, praise the Lord for it. Right. But you ain't doing nothing for God. 
And all too often we think that we're doing something for God where we can do nothing for God but to love him. And to love him is to seek him, and to seek him is to obey him, and to obey him is to praise him, and to praise him is to be light and to win others to him because mm -hmm. we want other people to be in on this gospel, mm -hmm. this good news. Amen? Mm -hmm. So that's so good. So in that, we're talking about the fresh or frustrating the grace of God. In that text, you'll notice it says, the people honor me with their lips. This is interesting. But their hearts are far from me. So I want you all to think about that in this context. It's very easy to honor God with lip service. Mm -hmm. But yet God is actually more concerned about our heart than he is our lips. And so it's not really, when we're talking about frustrating the grace of God, then we've got to make sure that everything we do is from our heart and not just from our lips, right? I know for a long time, you know, I would be more concerned about serving than I would be worshiping. Mm. And so I would come to church to do my job to serve and not have a worship experience. So this, is, this, is, this makes me think of sometimes when, you know, I was that person a very long time ago that showed up only when it was time for me to serve. Yeah. So, so you see how we can get caught up in the rituals and traditions, right? And then our hearts can still be far from God. How I many you know that's going to frustrate the grace of God? Thinking that I can work my way into some kind of favor with him. When you really understand that he favors you regardless, then your response is different. Your faith response is different. I get to worship God. It's such a privilege and an honor. I can actually work, I can serve and worship at the same time. Yes. I mean, you know, I can be an usher and still sing the song unto God. I can be a hostess and still worship. Or I can serve and make that a part of my worship. That's right. That's right. When I do it as unto God. But for years, a lot of times, I'm only speaking about myself. It was to check the box, to show the dean of the Bible school that I was on, that I was on my post to, to work that day. But I mean, my heart wasn't in that because I'm just there doing something for people, right? I want to make sure that the people who know the right people can talk to the right people, so I got to be in the right place to be seen by the right people so that when the opportunities come, they can tell the right people that I was on time for my post and my assignment. And over time, you just realize at the end of the day, man, I don't want to frustrate the grace of God that way. I want to live, you want to learn to live for an audience of one. And if what you do doesn't please God, then guess what, folks? It doesn't matter who else it does please or who it does not please. So the point here is don't put tradition, don't put anything you do ahead of your pure worship for God. That's right. Make that your priority. So all too often... See, we're living in a society now that, 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 that admonishes Santa Claus faith. Santa Claus faith. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get a coal. A piece of coal, right? We live in a society that says you only do, get good when you do good. Okay, well, again, the enemy took a part of truth to, and perverted it to be a way of behavior. That's the way it is for the world, but in God, we have good because we believe in the one who is good. And because we believe in the one who is good, then it compels our heart 
to do good and be good to him. And being good to him, I, I use this example all the time. I love my husband. I adore this man. I, I mean, I thank God for him daily, right? I don't do what I do for him to get him to love me. I'm very confident of his love for me, all right? Do I depend on him to a degree? And so even people like, well, yeah, you know, people have all kinds of things to say about what a man would do. But I trust in the man. Right. right? I am very confident of his love for me. I am. I don't do what I do for him to get him to love me. When we got married, he was going to love all of, the, all, of, all of my raggediness and all of my goodness. That's right. Right? And because of his love towards me, I want to do good to him. Same thing with God. When we get a revelation of how good he's been for you, uh, to us, how it just, what would have happened, what could have happened, some of the foolishness that we found ourselves in, but by the grace of God, we got out of it. Yes, we were in Michigan, and we were up in Ann Arbor, and we drove past the courthouse and the jail that I spent those 32 hours in. And I said, babe, there go that place. <laughs> It was nothing but the grace of God that got me out of that situation. I was reminded as we drove past it that of my friends that night when I got arrested, that night I was the only one that wasn't drunk. I thank God I wasn't drunk. I had just given my life to God a few, a few weeks earlier. And I, thought, and I wanted to hang out with my friend. I'm, you know, this is when you're trying to work through some work things. Through it, yeah. I wanted to hang out with him. I said, I tell you what, I'll be the designated driver. Now, of all people to get arrested, it's me. The one not drinking. <laughs> but, but, but praise God that I hadn't. But, but by the grace of God, that thing turned out the way it did. Yeah. My life would be a whole lot different if things didn't turn out the way it did, right? Yeah. yeah. So what am I talking about here? Frustrating the grace of God. All too often, people come to church just to cleanse their conscience. Not out of a, des a desire to grow in the things of God. Not out of a desire to let me serve in his house. Not out of a desire to let me be a light and be a, 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 just be a usher or be a what, whatever I'm doing to bless the people. They, a lot of times people do things. I was that person. Let me get my, my, my checklist in. Let me get to church so that I'm good with God this week not realizing that coming to church was not as valuable to God as being the church when I left the building. It's good. Servitude versus sonship. Thinking that I have to serve him to get him to love me instead of realizing that I'm already his daughter. Uh, I'm already his child. By default, he created me because he loved me. Yeah. Amen. And then, you know, right now we're living in a society where the opinions of people matter a whole lot. People are getting paid millions and millions of dollars because they're simply influencers. Because they're influencers, they get paid millions of dollars because they believe that the opinions of the people matter that doggone much. But when it's all said and done, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how much influence you have, you can't buy healing. You can't buy peace. You can't buy salvation. 
You can't buy eternity. You can't buy a good marriage. You cannot buy a good relationship with your children. It simply cannot be done. That's right. So there's a truth that has to resonate on the inside of you that roots you in knowing that because he loved me, I love him. And because I love him, I want to please him. And because I want to please him, because it is my delight to please him, I get to walk in all the benefits of what he has because he can't help but to lavish his love on me. Yeah, it's good. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. I'll read it from the... A message version first, and then I'm, uh, no, let me read it from the New King James. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise to bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Let me read from what the message says because the message makes it very plain. He says, the message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those who are hell-bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works, and most powerfully as it turns out. It's written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on his head. I'll expose so-called experts as crackpots. Wow. So he's letting you know right there, your PhD don't mean nothing to him. Your MD, DO, MD, BD, ABC, XYG, don't mean, I said XYG. I know my alphabets. <laughs> Means nothing to him. In fact, he'll use all that knowledge of the world that you think you had and turn it upside down. And he said, I'll expose it as crackpots. Now, in the New King James, he says, for those who are perishing, the King James uses the word perish. And that word perish right there says those who are perishing, he's talking about those who put off or are away from something so near. Mm. He says that for those people who are so close but putting it off. Wow. They're so close but putting it off. You know that family member who talks about you being a Christian when they knew how you used to be and want to keep reminding you of how you used to be. They're so close to the light of who you are, but they just keep putting it off because they're stuck on who you used to be instead of letting their spiritual eyes be open and receive the light and the good news of the gospel based off of who you are today. So close, but putting it off. Mm -hmm. That's people who are perishing. People who are so close, but putting it off. Don't you dare be somebody that's so close but won't reach to touch. If they reject, they reject. See, there's a difference for those that are perishing so close but putting it off in comparison to those who are just simply ignorant. Mm -hmm. Don't allow anyone that's ignorant to be in your life. If you got somebody in your life, you make sure you share the good news of Jesus Christ in their life. That's so good. Yeah. You know, I've been praying for my father for almost most of my, for most of my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm his baby girl. He knows my temper. He knows. He saw me at my worst. I used, I used to fight my parents, y'all. Can you believe that? Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he saw me at my worst. So when it came down to sharing the gospel of Jesus with him, he was, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. I remember when, though. I hear you, I hear you. And, you know, it's been some years now where he sees it. Yeah. But I thank God for Sandy Davenport. That's my sister-in-law who takes time every other time, every time she gets a chance to, to go and do Bible study with him. Because all he knows is the saved version of Sandy. He don't know much about the unsaved version of Sandy. 
So I thank God for my sister-in-law yeah. who ministers to him, yeah. who shares the light of truth with him. Yeah. While I just be the light. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So when he says here, to those who are hell-bent on destruction or for those who don't know and that therefore the, cr the cross is, uh, and, and they are perishing because they've rejected the, the power of the cross. He's saying that what you know is never going to get you saved unless you believe in the truth of who I am. That's right. And if you let me, just one, one touch from me, I'll turn your whole life around Amen. just so that you can see how powerful and how much in love I am with you. It is not my will that any of them be so close to me but still perish, so close to me but still miss it. It's my will that you all get it and that you get it in abundance. I did not want to die. Jesus says, I never intended to die and it be in vain. I didn't spend three days in hell paying a price that you could not pay just so that you can reject me or just so that you can think that you got to do A, B, and C to get there. He says, if you just believe that I love you and rest in that, then I'll manifest everything. Listen, we're living in a time right now well, you can't do enough to make things right. You can't. People are committing suicide daily because all hope is gone. They're trusting in the wrong source. They're relying too much in something that is fading away. But when you say that you believe on the name of Jesus Christ, that you believe truly he died for my sins, that means not he died for what you did wrong. He died not just for what you did wrong, but he died for where you miss it. Right. Think about that. He died for where you miss it, and you miss it every single day. Right now, y'all might be sitting in the wrong seats. <laughs> Somebody looking for you right now. Look at your neighbor and say, are you looking for me? You got something for me. We miss it daily. And he says, I came so that you could just believe on me. Believe on me. That's all I need for you to do. Believe me when I say love your enemy. Believe me when I say uh, bless those that despitefully use you. Believe me when I say forgive. Believe me when I say acknowledge me in all your ways and I will direct your paths. Believe me when I say um, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Believe me when I say trust in me because my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Mm -hmm. Believe me when I say that I came to give you life and that more abundantly. When you just believe me when I say those things and trust me at that word, and I'm telling you, it's hard to, to, to love your enemies. You know they're doing you wrong. You know they're talking about you behind your back. You know they're looking for an opportunity to celebrate your downfall. It's hard to love someone that you know. I mean, you feel like you're being fake, right? In fact, they might call you fake. But God said, when you trust me and you just do that, you allow me to intervene on your behalf and to manifest you because I see that you're trusting me more than you are trusting trying to keep it 100 in front of other people. Amen. Praise God. So cute today. Good job. Well, folks. Well, well let me conclude with this just statement. I'm going to let him go ahead. So I've concluded here to not walk in the promises of God frustrates the grace of God because for us who understand his power, 
it becomes a way of life that is, has perpetual power to advance us. Praying prayers that he's already made provision for nullifies the salvation package. And its response is simply this. Nothing. Praying prayers that he's already responded to. Have anybody ever prayed prayers and we're like, okay, where's the answer, Father? See, it's kind of like if you're listening to what she's saying. This is kind of the revelation. It's like asking God to heal you. Father, I pray, would you heal me? How many know that's going to frustrate the grace of God? Why did I I send my son to take all that beating for you? And you're asking me to do something that I sent him to take care of over 2,000 years ago. You all see how that is frustrating? When we get into 21 days of prayer and fasting, that's part of what we're going to look at. So much of our life is praying for stuff that he's already done. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so this is where that obedience piece comes in, right? We're praying for this, but if I can just be transparent, I know when I was believing God for healing, and I praise God that I was healed, but I was thinking that, okay, pray, Father, I I receive your healing, but I want your healing while I still do what I want to do. Which is a good segue. Let me get right here. All right. How many of y'all get anything out of this today? All right. And so it's just it's a small shift, but it's a big shift when you look at it in the in the grand scheme of things. And again, we've got like seven minutes left. But I just want to take a moment to thank God. In 29 days, we will have been married 23 years. And when you're talking about not frustrating the grace of God, that's 23 years where we haven't tried to throw hot grease on each other. No major hiccups, no sleeping in uh, separate beds, no fighting, no throwing pots and pans at no each other, out the house. no locking out the house, no leaving the house, no separation. I mean, you know, that's a blessing right there. Now, it would frustrate the grace of God if I went out and did something stupid when he's blessed me with such a wonderful wife. You see how that would frustrate him? Think about it this way, single people. The reason I kept myself for eight years was because, now, I didn't know this back then, but obviously, Somehow I stumbled on it, uh, but I kept myself because I believed he would provide the best he had for me. And so I saved myself from marriage for eight years because I actually believed he would provide the best for me. We frustrate the grace of God when we get ahead of him and let me help you out, God. Let me go get somebody and then you bless it. Mm. We still in church today? I need to hear you out there. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all have ever dated someone when you were single that you knew that wasn't it? Raise your hand right now. I'll jump off this stage. Raise your hand. You dated somebody and you knew that. Y'all believed in the conversion theory, right? Y'all believed in the conversion theory, right? Right? They won't have anybody light. They won't have any positive. If I leave them, they won't have anybody positive in their life. Oh, Lord. Or we used to call that missionary dating, right? Missionary dating. Evangelistically dating. Let's get into number two. Faith responds by not operating according to this world. Now, I've got about five minutes, so I'll just kind of introduce this. Faith responds by not operating according to this world. I want you to listen very carefully because the world system, if you're watching the news, I mean, oh, it's crumbling. You cannot trust the economy. If you get all your information from the politicians, man, you are in trouble. 
You are misled. You are extremely misled if you're trusting what the news and the media is telling you today. So faith responds by not operating according to this world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God, that is a person that has given their life to Christ. Is there anyone in this building you've given your life to Christ? Raise your hand if you're born again. Online, raise your hand right now. Put that little hand up in the air if you are born again. You, are, you have given your life to Christ Jesus. Just raise your hand. Let us know some kind of way. Now watch this. Anyone that is born of God overcomes the world. The word overcomes is a Greek word, nike, and it simply means to gain a decisive victory. So it's clear. I mean, it's not, it's kind of like the Auburn LSU game yesterday. How I many you know that wasn't close? Oh, nobody, nobody, no Auburn LSU fans in here at all, right? So whatever is born of God, I need you all to get this. You are not struggling out there. If you're struggling, it's because you want to. Or, or you don't know that you don't have to struggle. But whoever is born of God overcomes, gains a decisive victory over the world. Now, the world here is not talking about the world as we know it. It's a Greek word, cosmos, and it's talking about the orderly arrangement of things or this world system. I mean, no, this world system is diametrically opposed to God's system. Everything is the complete opposite. In the world, if you want to get ahead, how many of y'all know you got to kind of get them before they get you? Right? In the kingdom of God, the way to go up is to first go down. Humble yourself and then God will exalt you. Right? Everything is the direct opposite. So a lot of times we get saved, but we're still trying to operate according to a system that does not work in the kingdom. Right. But he says right. anyone that is born of God overcomes the system. I mean, no, the world has a financial system, and it's called debt. Debt keeps you in slavery and bondage. Debt is a curse. It is not a gift that you get to, to, to borrow money or take out a loan or finance your car. I mean, no, I, I would not say God blessed me with something I financed unless that money is in your bank account somewhere, there's 0% on that. Come on, somebody. And you can pay that off at any time that you want to. All right? So as a church, we must get out of debt. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the members. I need a little better amen in here. Folks, we've got to get out of the rat race because it's crumbling. The world has a system of dating. <laughs> God has a system of dating. How I many know the world has a way of marriage? God has a way of marriage. So he says, whoever is born of God gains a decisive victory over the orderly arrangement of things. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, keeping rules. Nope. What does it say? Our faith. Our, my faith or your faith? faith. What does it say? Our faith. So what's the victory that overcomes the world? Faith. faith. What is faith? Trusting, believing, right? Pistis, right? So, so, so I overcome the world when I believe what God said over what the world said. That's right. That's right. I overcome the world when I do things God's way over the world's way. 
right? And, and this is really all it is, folks. It is not that difficult. Faith will respond by not operating according to this world. Verse 5, for he, who, is it, who is he who overcomes the world didn't make it deep at all, but he who believes that what? Jesus is the Son of God. Right. You mean to tell me all I have to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God and everything that he provided for me, and I will overcome this world? Folks, it's time for us to show the world how to do things. Instead of the church trying to be the world or mimic the world, how many of y'all know we need to be the light of the world, which is where the songs were directed earlier in the service? We've got to show the world that you can live debt-free. We've got to show the world that you can be married and not cheat on your spouse. We've got to show the world that we can do things God's way and win at a bigger level than what the world is doing. Folks, they should never come in here and say, there's nothing different about them than me. Folks, they've got to come in here and say, man, I want what's on their lives. I want what's on their marriage. I want what God is doing in their lives. I want God to do it in my life. We've got to come out of this world system. I command you right now to come out of debt. Do whatever you have to do. Treat it like an arch enemy. I hear that. I challenge somebody watching online right now to get, you know the relationship is not right. You didn't need God to use me to tell you this, but you're stuck in it. I break the power of that bad relationship in your life right now, and I take complete authority over it. You are loosed and you are free to do things God's way. Now, the best thing you can do is act on that as soon as you possibly can. Maybe that was for somebody in this room. I don't know. All I'm telling you, folks, is we've got to do things differently than the world is doing. Linked Up Church is called to be a light to this community. We can't do it if we act just like the community. Right? God sent us here to help this community at a real high level. Now, we've got GED programs. We've got coming up with English as a second language. But how many know that's not it? We've got to figure out every need that this community has, and we've got to help them meet it. God didn't call the government to help the poor. He called the church. I'm not getting a whole lot of amens in here right now. Matter of fact, I'll say it one more time until I get the response I'm looking for, that God's looking for. God did not call the government to help the poor. God called the church to help the poor. That's right. Which means a lot of the resources that God graces us with, we will use those to help people. And to help people get out of a system that is diametrically opposed to the system of God. Will you all help us do that? I said, will you all help us do that? Come on, I'm asking the question. Will you all help us do that? Online, will you all help us do that? I want you to say this by faith with me. Say, I am, I am a born-again born believer, believer, and I have, and 
I have overcome, overcome the world, the world through, my faith through my faith in Christ Jesus. In Christ do you all believe that today? Come on, I said, do you all believe that today? I said, do you all believe that today? Come on, do you believe that today online? I want to take your faith response to the next level. How many of y'all have a challenge right now that you're facing? Raise your hand if you have a challenge right now that you're facing. Just lift up your hand right now. Say this by faith. Say, I have, I have overcome, overcome that, challenge that challenge in Christ Jesus. In Christ do you believe that today? Come on, I said, do you believe that today? Come on, thank God for it. Come on, you're not trying to overcome it. It says those that have been born again have overcome the world. They're not trying to overcome it. They've already overcome the world. Shift the way you see that. Shift the way you think about that. And then begin to order your life along that path. You know how we got out of debt? One bill at a time. That's right. Just take it one bill at a time. You know how I've been faithful to her for 23 years? One day at a time. I don't look at what a God graced me to accomplish yesterday. Tomorrow is not here yet. I need to be the best husband and version of a husband I can be on today. And if I just focus on that, I mean, you know, 23 more years will go by. Folks, I'm trying to get you all to understand that God is good. He loves you. He's already provided everything that you will ever need in this life. But don't frustrate his grace by trying to do it your way over his way. That's right. See, all too often, we want control. Because mm. our issues most of the time are with other people. Because they won't act or behave or do what we think they should act. Sometimes they're, they're flat out wrong. But see, it's not up to us to correct them. It's up to us to love them and live truth and light in front of them and allow God to convict them to change. You know, there's, there's a reality out there. Sometimes the very person that's getting on our nerves the most, we sleep with them at night. Sometimes, I mean, in most cases, it's our spouses. Because why? That person we're attached to all day, all, all the time. And yeah, maybe they won't listen to reason. Maybe they won't adhere to what you believe the Spirit of God is saying. But it's not, uh, it's not up to you to control that situation. It's up to you to live it. That's good. Which is why First Peter says that you wives, and I believe to husbands too, even without the word can win him or her by the conversation of your lifestyle. So we have to be okay with relinquishing control. Yeah, so good. And when we relinquish control, we enter someplace else called rest. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And in that rest, we allow God's grace to manifest. Yeah. So we're going to just close right here. So when you think about faith responds by not operating according to this world, next week we're going to show you the conflict between Christ and this world. Mm. It's literally impossible to please God or for God's love to be in you and you operate according to this world system. It actually sets you up in opposition to God when you do things the world's way versus God's way. And faith won't respond that way. We're going to get into that a little bit on next week. But I know even with giving, you know, I want you all to think about it. I remember I was helping a couple many years ago because they said they couldn't afford the time. And I showed them, I said, give me all your credit cards, all of the interest on your credit cards, which they had interest on some credit cards at 24%, which is more than 10%. And they had several of those. They had a loan out that was like 13.9%. 
So I was showing them, you actually believe in this. You just believe in it the world's way. Mm. And if I can get you over in God's way and eliminate all of that, giving for you will be so easy. Mm-hmm. But you see what people do? They want to do things the world's way and then blame God and say, I can't give because I got all of this. Well, see, all of that is not his system. Yep. Right? Yeah, see, see, right. see right. debt is the pimp and you're don't, the don't prostitute. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say that. I wasn't going to use a street term. You can't but say that. Debt, for real, debt is the pimp. You can't say that in church. And those who are in debt is the prostitute. Because debt will tell you that you got to go to work. Debt will tell you what time you got to get up. Debt will tell you what time you can go to sleep. Debt will tell you how many hours you have left in a day. Debt can tell you where you can go and where you can't go. Debt will tell you where you can live and where you can't live. Debt will tell you what you can drive and what you can't drive. Debt's the pimp. And if you don't do what debt says, it will come after you, chase you down, and take you of everything that you have called garnishment. Foreclosure. Repossession. Big old red letters. Big old red letters. Not foreclosure. 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 Did you all get anything out of this today? We're just going to stop right here. Let's just stop right here. Let's all stand to our feet. Folks, I believe with all of my heart, this is my dream as a pastor, and then I can retire, I can whatever. The Lord can come back. This is my dream as a pastor. It's to pastor a church where all of its members are debt-free. Are winning in life. Another dream I have as a church is that all of the single people will, will keep themselves, even if they made a mistake from today forward, They'll say from this moment forward, and they'll save themselves until the wedding night. See how that was a lot lower right there? You see how that one? I have a dream that all of the married couples will not just stay married, but stay in love in their marriage. And their marriages will be a light to the world. Folks, let's get out of this world system. It doesn't matter who becomes the president. We operate in a kingdom that is far greater than anything that the president can do to us. Now, we should vote. We should be praying on Tuesday, but the outcome will not impact our lives one way or the other. Glory to God, because we operate in a higher kingdom. Let's all lift our hands to the Father. Let's just begin to worship him right there online. Just lift your hands to the Father right now. And just begin to worship him right now. Begin to talk with him out of your own heart. If you need to repent, if you need to confess of anything, there are areas of your life where you've been frustrating the grace of God, which just simply means you've been trying to do things your way instead of his way. Maybe there are areas of your life that you know you're operating. Maybe you're dating according to the world. Maybe you're living according to the world. I don't know. Whatever you need to do, just talk to your Father God right now. Let him love on you. Let him reassure you. Let him let, him, let, him let you know that he loves you unconditionally, and he is right there ready to help you at your point of need. He's not mad at you. He only wants to help you. And he only wants to love on you today. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer online and in the room, I want to give two invitations today. The first, 
You might be a person that you're not born of God. Therefore, you can't have the victory that we just described that always overcomes this world. But you can be born again right now. Being born again simply means believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the grave. If that identifies with your spirit and you want to become a child of God today, I would love to pray for you. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. But I, I, the world just it pulled me back out there. It just pulled me back into things that I know I have no business being a part of. And today I want to come back to Christ. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. And if that's you, God loves you. He is forever married to the backslider. God is not mad at you. He's waiting on you with open arms. And his desire is to restore back to you everything that you lost while you were out there. Now, I want online and in the room to do one more thing for me. Just put your right hand over your heart. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to say it like you mean it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Praise God. Can we just all lift our hands and thank God for that right now? Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Father. We give you glory and honor and praise for it, for bringing people into your kingdom today. Both my wife and I believe with all of our hearts, there's someone in this room, someone watching online, you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart. And if you did, watching online, I want you to take your next step. It would make our hearts glad. It would make heaven's hearts glad if you'll take your next step by texting Get Connected to 94090. We also have a gift we would love to put into your hand. So if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, you believe that, text Get Connected to 94090. Once you do that, we have a gift that we want to send out to you. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.